Was that the only time Samuel Jackson played against uh, Kevin Spacey? Were they in other movies? Uh, who was in Amos and Andy? Oh, that was Nicolas Cage in. Uh, oh, okay, Samuel okay, Jackson. okay. Yeah, maybe that was their own. The negotiator was. What was great is that Samuel L. Jackson was a negotiator, so he knew his bullshit. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a negotiator trying to negotiate a negotiator. You said no four times. And, you know, he's like lecturing him about the textbook uh, rules. <laughs> Only in Hollywood. And he goes, look, see, I don't have a bomb like in Terminator 2, see? Right. I don't have a detonator. Look, I'm not going to bring up Skynet. Who brought up Skynet? This is Skynet. What's Skynet? I huh? own Skynet. I own Skynet. There's your connection. You're the one who says Skynet. I no one's brought up the killer AI Skynet. What are you talking about? Killer AI Skynet. Wasn't it a killer AI? It it, went, it, it became sentient. It took over the world. Skynet. It, you it, see, nuclear war. Yeah, it was violent and. It was Skynet. You created Skynet. I must kill you. So they would shoot between 5 p.m. and 5 a.m. every day. They would do full 12 hours. I don't know how long it took them to make this production. It took two days. <laughs> no, no, it took a while. This was a real movie. I mean, see, he was trying to break into Hollywood uh, texts. Yes. And he, as I said, he did a documentaries he had a documentary called death row in 1977 so he turned it into a screenplay and people were like dude that is dark okay it's bleak so he switched to the sci-fi i don't know how he got to this point but he went to an agent named gary salt who represented this screenwriter named alan castle this is the only thing he ever wrote really the screen it was called shockwave at the time wow but i think there's something else called shockwave Right, and that's why they eventually changed the name to Stranded. Uh, Shockwave would have been, looked better with that font. Shockwave. Yes, exactly. So this weird monster is just hanging out in the kitchen? In the well, foyer? that's Warrior. I wouldn't call her a monster. She's protecting the royal family. And what's yes, going on here is like, you got to let them go. And he goes, I can't let them go. I mean, there's been murders here. I mean, these they've, you know... I'm chief of police. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Alan Castle had the script Shockwave, and um, it got all changed up. If I ever interview this guy, I'm going to ask him how Alan Castle felt about that. Uh, Tex made it a black sheriff. It used to be a horror story, and he changed it into this more heartwarming story. Yeah. Um, and then the producers got the hands on it. They changed the name. Uh -huh. they they cut the aliens' dialogue. The aliens don't talk anymore. They sort of grunt. They right. made them more human to be more sympathetic. But but who cares? They took it to New Line, and Fleming Fuller had a movie in Hollywood, just what he wanted. Well, you know, good, good for Fleming. I just uh, it just seems strange that like this movie doesn't leave the house. This was like a theatrically released film. Right. We have a flashback. And then in the end of the film, we'll spend a lot of time in the backyard. Oh, but other than cool, that, cool. they're in the house. Yeah. It reminds me of the movie The Strangers. There was a sequel to The Strangers that came out 10 years later. But 
it's basically these unkillable psychopaths who break into your house wearing masks and just stalk you for the whole movie. Whole movie. I actually fast forwarded to the end. The phone calls like, coming from in the house. Look out. <laughs> We're not leaving this house. Was that a creek or was that a creek? I, I heard a creek, but I couldn't tell if that was a regular creek or like there's a killer behind me creek. Now, oh, well. look how Prince has his hand on her uh, hip. I mean, they're really starting to get attached. Oh, uh, literally. It, it'll never <laughs> attach to the hip, but it'll never go anywhere. He's like, I'm hip. And she's like, it's my hip, actually. Get your hands off. <laughs> yeah, hands off, diddler. Diddler. Space diddler. Now, Fuller would go on to make Prey of the Champ, Prey of the Chameleon in 1992. Okay. And then he would have some more, like in 1980, he had a documentary called Mom, I Want to Come Home Now. Oh, well, this is much later. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right now, he is in production on a documentary about the Fast and the and Furious scandal. And you probably know what that – oh, he's going to drop the N-word. Should I play it? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> this, this is the most exciting part of the film because Joe Morton handles it, man. He just – he it? doesn't – he doesn't oh. flip out at all. He just. He's the sheriff. I mean, I wouldn't say he's cool with it, but the thing is, it doesn't rattle him at all. And if I could interview Fuller, I would ask him about that. Like, did you put the N-word in there? Did that come from some real place growing up in North Carolina? Like, I would yeah. just ask him about that backstory. I would love to hear it. So was there a Fast and Furious scandal? Do you know about that? What is that? Fast and Furious. Was that like a... Don't ask me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Holder. That's pretty recent, right? Wasn't it Obama and they were selling guns or some shit like that in Florida and they called it the Fast and the Furious scandal? Oh, so it isn't the movies that you love. No, no. It isn't the Roger Corman movie that was later turned into a series of films called The Fast and the Furious. Uh-uh. It wasn't... Listen... You know, you ever see the Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw? Sure. No. Don't you think, like, at this point, Hobbs and Shaw should return the favor and, like, present the, present the Fast and the Furious? <laughs> they should return the favor. Hobbs and Shaw presents the Fast and the Furious. Uh, by the way, I want to give a shout-out to a podcast called Around the World in, 80 move, in 80s Movies. Uh, because he gave me a lot of backstory about Tex Fuller and the making of this film and oh, cool. hooking up with the Paul Connor, uh, Conor talent agency and, and getting it made. I mean, Fuller was, he started shopping. He really wanted, uh, to be, to be in Hollywood movies and, and he did get two of them, you know, so yeah, congrats to him. So the podcast is called Around the World in 80 movie, 80s Movies. Right. Isn't that a cool name? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I think our listeners would be interested in it. So that's cool. And yeah, he, um, it, it's, a, it's a weekly show, and he really covers a lot. He doesn't do uh, – um, he doesn't it's discriminate detail. between, like, their A movies or their B movies. He does them all. Well, that's cool. Well, you know, you, you have your subject, 80s movies, and you just cover it until you run right. out of 80s movies. Right, which is you never going to happen. It will never happen. 
One of the nice things about bad movies is that it is a communal affair, is that people love watching bad movies and people have heard about movies and people love, you know, myself included, love talking about these movies. So yeah. there's going to be overlap, of course. There's always going to be other people who might even say it better, but other people embracing movies and talking about it on their, on their shows, you know. Right. We try, to, we try to pick movies that maybe people haven't done. Yeah. But... We certainly would get overlap and just understand it's nothing malicious or like, you know, we try to avoid films that say mystery science do, at least I try to, but. Yes, I know you do, definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, because now like we're, you know, even though they might've been the first, we don't do what they do and these other podcasts don't either. They were doing yeah. a puppet show. They were sticking to the black and white 50s Obvious, sci-fi yeah. films. I mean, they oh no, they have some more current. Like they're on Netflix, and they they do like Mac and it doesn't me. count. I mean, we're talking about they birthed the genre apparently, and when they did, they were doing shtick. They're not really talking about who made the film and oh, what's yeah, the backstory. Yeah. You know, they're they're doing oh, theater. Yeah. Okay, so this is Helen Anderson. She's pretending to be an agent. Uh, her real name is Susan Barnes. She was in Repo Man. Interesting. She was in They Live, and I think you like that film just like me. Yeah, I've seen Repo Man more times, though. It's a Speed 2 cruise control. She was Ooh. in both Speed and Speed 2, but she didn't have great roles. In Speed, she was Frightened Lady on the Elevator. Oh. <laughs> and, but in Speed 2, she was on the bus. Hey, listen, man, speed one, the elevator scene, that's the first scene. Like, that's when, <laughs> like, before you fall asleep, you see her. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Don't mock Dennis Hopper, dude. Oh, well, Dennis Hopper loses his head in that movie. So you in gotta... every movie, right? Yeah, we just right. saw the King of the Mountain being an idiot. Oh, what an asshole. Driving drunk in real life. I, I used to be King of the Hill. Yeah, I know, that's nuts. Yeah. We did a. We recently did a King of the Hill. We did two movies from the director of King of the Hill mm-hmm. and the King of the Mountain, which was a 1980s film about kids driving down the hall and drive yeah, racing. Yeah, one, right? And so Dennis Hopper was completely out of sorts. Was in that movie, and as Carl was saying, ah, change the real, that he was literally drunk in the scenes they shot in the car. Yeah, and we don't know what other drugs, because he was really out of his mind in that, although it did serve his character. I'm glad you didn't pick the third film of that director, because those plots were horrible. That's uh, one of the amazing things, is that, like, we watched Las Vegas Lady last week, and the plot doesn't make a lick of sense, and the right. other one doesn't make a lick of sense. Right. So you got to admit, like, dreamers about professional bowlers must make, must make no sense at all. <laughs> yeah, we'll never find out, I hope. Uh, <laughs> well, that's next week's film. Oh, shit. No, no, we're not going to watch streamers. It's on YouTube. Now, look, if you thought Sky had a hot ass, uh, check it out. <laughs> no, it's going to flame me now. Yeah, it's going to be flaming now. She just turned on the pot of tea. She's, I don't know. There's no spark to her acting here. There's no chemistry with her she's and saying, the alien. She said, Grandma, don't blow smoke up my ass. Oh, honey, that's a tea kettle. Now, here is what I don't like about aliens that are human i mean flea is about to like oreo cookies he's about to really enjoy oreo cookies wow and i wonder if there was product placement i don't think so i don't think there's a real movie 
Also, is it 80s packaging? Is it like, can you open the cookies from the front? Um, like peel off? I know what you're talking about, the peel off. I don't think we'll be able to see. Right now, we're having backstory talk about, I feel like I'm responsible for them being in the car when they died. And, you know, oh, right. they're commiserating. It's, it was her daughter. Here's your here's your booze, Grandma. <laughs> Thanks, Flea. <laughs> now, Flea did a disservice, in my opinion, to poor Sky. Um, Flea introduced Sky to um, the front man of uh, Red Hot Yeah, and they became boyfriend and girlfriend. And he had a big, big drug and alcohol problem. He had come We're out. We're talking about it. Anthony Kiedis. Let me just look here. I've got it written down somewhere. I do think it's Anthony. Oh, Kiedis. Carl, have you ever seen the movie The Chase with uh, yeah. Charlie Sheen? Yeah. Please in that. Uh -huh. And he's he's driving a car with Anthony Kiedis. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I saw that film, but I don't. No, but the thing is, They're though, like... he was twenty-four and she was seventeen. Does that seem appropriate? No, that does not. That's uh, that's uh, she's a teenager and he's not. Right, and you know his lifestyle, and they became boyfriend and girlfriend. His her first boyfriend. I mean, that is a spin around the block, you know. Right. Well, she seems pretty together. I mean, yeah. She's, uh... So they were together for two years, and she left him because of his drug issues. And while he was off drugging, she was hanging out with the kid at Rock. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, it's funny, like, I don't know if it's funny, but I remember, like, in 89, there was a movie called The uh, Pickup Artist. It was a James uh -huh. Kovac movie with, uh, uh, what's her name, Molly Ringwald and uh, Robert Downey Jr. And he was basically, it was an autobiographical film. This uh, film director, James Tobeck, who's been accused of sexual harassment recent, uh, in the last 20 years, it's about him going up and just hitting on women. Uh-huh. Okay. And there is, like, I think I own skies in it, but I remember, like, reading a credit, like, the music credit, and it was, like, the BC Boys song, and it was, like, written by the kid at rock. So, mm -hmm. they dated. They now married. Yes, they married, and they were married uh, in ninety from ninety two to ninety five. They separated. They got divorced in ninety nine, but it ended in three years. Now, didn't he marry like a, a film director? Uh, he, I, I was or reading was about that, but I didn't note it for our research. Yeah, here. I was doing the Ioni Sky side oh. of it, but yeah, he went and she's an activist, and still to this day, they're they're together. Right. Okay, so I want to let you know that this agent who showed up, she's like, these are aliens. I'm sending a containment team from Langley, Virginia. Oh, no, not the E.T. crew. Yeah, that kind of thing. And uh, she's just like, Sheriff, you can't trust them. And meanwhile, Sheriff is starting to trust them. I mean, this is the second uh -oh. time he's in the house. And right now he's going to get the diamond whammy jammy and get their backstory, too. Uh, he's going to become sympathetic to them. The whole time throughout the movie, though, he's like, I can't let them go. This is, you know, they've they've killed someone here. Sheriff, their laws can't apply to us. 
Is that your Southern, is that your North Carolina accent? Uh, that was Grace. That was uh, oh, Maureen, me doing Maureen. Here, I'll just put on her voice. I think you would see them differently. Ah, well, she's not going to talk right now. Thank she's God. like, bring the whammy jammy machine. Yeah, he looks like uh, um, a human. No, I was going to say like a Duran Duran video. <laughs> yeah. What is that diamond thing? Its name is Rio and it's... Tell oh, us about yeah. how you got here. Well, we ran. <laughs> we ran. No, that's not Duran Duran. Yeah, but he looks like the that guy. Well, that's not Duran Duran. All right, so so I oh, and I ran Flock of Seagulls. They played Montclair State College. I was there. I was there. And in that tune, the guy's uh, lead guitar solo got messed up from the oh, sound. No. He was pissed. Yeah, that's their big song. That's their big song. So that down, down, it got all messed up. You couldn't hear it. You're just going, what's going on? They had to play a big country album to make up for it. I also saw another uh, band there, and you would know their – it was like ELO or something. And they gave Is it ELF? Piano. EMF? It was unbelievable. It was some – it was like people from uh, – no, it was like one of those heady art rock bands, and it was just people from them. But they gave him a piano with keys that didn't work. He was furious. <laughs> What's with Montclair City College? And performance? Yeah. <laughs> oh really, yeah, it's Monkey State College, man. Let's see if we can get the Maureen going here. Sheriff, can't you do something, Sheriff? Sheriff. They're not human. Please do that. Yeah, there we go. That's all we got, just one line. But the whole thing, she's like, I'm pretending to be a soft-spoken Southern Belle who somehow has an English accent. Right, you've been in the, the, the jungle with Tarzan. Right, getting bit by Cheetah. That's why she wanted to do this film. She was like, I've had enough of these traditional roles. Monkey business. Something sci-fi fantasy. Okay, so Helen is outside, the agent, poisoning their mind. He's been mind-controlled. And so they're talking about it. He looks a little funny to me, right? Right. But it will never develop into anything because he's about to get shot by Vern. What? Really? Hey, Vern. Vern is pissed. He's calling him the N-word. He blames him for his son's death, although he had nothing to do with it. He won't right. let him go get his revenge. So he pulls out his shotgun and just shoots Joe. So Joe Morton doesn't make it through this movie? Joe Morton makes it through the film. Oh, but he gets shot right now. Right. There's the gun. Yeah. Hey, Vern. Hey, Vern, put the gun down. Remember that, that commercial where he had to tell Vern to put the gun down? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think hey, it was from Vern. Robert Vern, what Listen. you doing? Vern, put down the gun. <laughs> For dairy margarine has one-third the calories of regular butter. Right, right. Put the gun down. Okay, so 
they're going to start dropping like flies now. This is the scene. Um, they is like, get me back into the house. You know, he gets some medical attention for his shoulder or his arm, right. whatever shot. And uh, Lieutenant Scott is going to go in there, but Lieutenant Scott's not going to get sympathetic. He's just going to get freaked out. He's going to get shooty, right? What? Is he going to start shooting shit or just no, look at no. that? Don't you like you walking into a dominatrix shower, show or something? You know, Joe Martin was on MASH. Um, the TV series? Yeah. Battalion Age Surgeon Captain Nick Saunders in 76. I think it was a recurring role, but this is more interesting. Sanford and Son had this spinoff called Grady. Um, right. I remember and he Grady. starred in it. He was a star in it. Whoa. I didn't that show never it. got anywhere, though. Well, I mean, you know, he would just call himself a big dummy and then, then kind of take it. It was weird. Do you think he played Lamont? I'm not sure if he did. Do you, you've seen the, like, my favorite Samson and Sons are the ones where, like, Red Fox had fucking and left the show. And then Grady would be like, hey, Lamont, we got a postcard from your pop. Oh, but yeah. Like, it was wasn't it that the father died? No, he was like, they would get a postcard and it says, like, I'm on vacation in the hospital. I hope all is well. Uh huh. And then they'll say, now, then Grady will turn into, like, Red Fox. He'll say, now, Lamont, I told <laughs> you to. And they would just do the stick with, with Grady instead of, like, Fred. While they were making this film, they were talking about another Alan Castle script. Now, I told you Alan Castle only wrote this. He might have written a lot of stuff in his garage. This right. was the only thing that got made. Okay, so Vern is shooting up. Vern is shooting up. and and uh, Sullivan, right? What? No, he didn't. But he is going to shoot Flea, and he's going to shoot um, um. His name's not King. It's Sir. It's Sir. Sir is going to die. So his mom is dead. Prince's mom is dead. Prince's dad is dead, and Flea, uh, we think is dead. So he goes, "Come on, girlfriend." And now what we're going to get is forget the house. Let's hang out in the backyard for the rest of the film. Oh, good. Yeah, good. This is a new location. He goes, Sheriff. Oh, I missed it again. Sheriff, make sure nothing happens to my granddaughter. So this is science fiction world building, right? It starts off in the front yard, and then it builds <laughs> into the, the house itself, and then it finally expands into the backyard. Now, Vern, Vernon is going to buy it, too. You see he's been shot in the side. Yeah. He was he born shot? in San Francisco, California, by the way. Doesn't mean he should be shooting people. <laughs> it's a script, Michael. Uh, he's he's worth his he look, he was in Moscow in the Hudson to live and die in LA, down and out Beverly wow. Hills, Moon over Parador. I mean, he was he played George Bush in the day Reagan was shot. Um, oh yeah, and he's like, here's your coffee, Mr. Brady. Mr. Brady. Mr. Brady, who was the other one who he was shot in the wheelchair? Yeah. No, no. The, he that, wasn't in the wheelchair when he was shot, Carl. He wound up being. Oh, oh, I thought he was. Yes, the guy in the wheelchair. For his part. <laughs> Larry Flint passed away. Did you hear that? Speaking of famous. Uh, who? Larry Flint. Oh, really? Did he? I don't have any respect for that guy. Really? You're not going to go to his casinos? <laughs> no. And I certainly ain't going to get his rag. What was it called? Hustler. 
You didn't jerk off the hustler? I'm not saying that. <laughs> Doesn't mean I have to respect him. Okay, now Vern gets it. Warriors like screw you. Yeah, screw you, Vern. Kill it. Uh, but now but Warriors gonna get it. From who? From Ernest? From Helen. We find out she's not a secret agent at all. She is the bad guy. She is the assassin. Now Ooh, look, she's when she gets shot. A bunch of air pops out of her, so I think she's in a suit for, like, atmosphere reasons or something. Oh. It isn't because she's into that scene? <laughs> no. She's <laughs> a leather-clad... This leather-clad outfit it was to make me breathe on Earth. Yeah, whatever. So now, Helen, who's really one of those three-toed creatures... Takes the gun, knows how to use it and everything. Wait, so she's not even a human? She's a humanoid? Right, and I wish we would see that, but we don't see it until the very, very end. Whoa, look at but her. I don't man. think you need to know that she's... An alien. Yeah, because clearly she is. Let's shoot in the woods where it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> Three million dollars they spent on this. That's not so cheap. They had to pay staff. Yeah. I know. Well, maybe they spent a million on sound design. And a million on catering. So now he's going to the site of the crash, but we never see... I don't know if it's true it's the site of the crash. He, this spot is important to him being able to get away. I don't know why. It's not explained. That's where Superman landed, right? <laughs> With the meteor? Yeah. There's uh, Sir, all dead. Yes. Listen, the assassin was extremely successful, right? I yeah. mean, Queen is dead. <laughs> That's, you know, check. Look, oh. she's given the whammy jammy. He's going to disappear. So can imagine, can you imagine being in the teleportation booth to be like, oh, someone's coming in. That's another dead body. That's weird. Uh, yeah. Let me play you this. Let me play you this. All right. He goes, what the hell's that? He's, he's just, he's all Southern cop here. And all text. Yeah. Now he's going to get tough. He's going to get tough. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing his gun. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit. You know, when the director reads the lines, they call that uh, speech to text. <laughs> he uh, he died with gum in his mouth. Oh, how uncouth! Oh, time to yeah. change the reel. Time to change the reel. This is a four reeler for my part. Really? My for real. For for real, good one. That's better. Yeah, that's better. Neither was good, but that was better. Honestly, I wasn't saying for real because of, there was four reels, but oh, then that was so I'll take credit for it. Yeah, take credit for it because you deserve. It. Well, you don't deserve it, but listen, you guys just subscribe to around the world in eighties movies. It's not awful jokes. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. He just yeah. talks about the film. He spends about 15 to 20 minutes talking about each film. Okay, see? He's got the oh. – see, it's called Stranded, but yet it's no problem for him to go to leave. Why didn't they leave right away? I, I don't well, follow. Maybe Ione Sky and uh, Joe Morton are the ones stranded. Uh, stuck on Earth? I think it's fine. I don't know. They're a small town boy in a small uh, town world. <laughs> Run away, go away. In a small town something, small town world. <laughs> oh my God. Wow, great special effects. So, <laughs> this, yeah, they spent, you know, 50 bucks on the 3 million budget on the, okay, so he is like, come away with me, girl. I mean, he doesn't speak, but you know what I mean. Right. He's, like, he's like, yeah, and Ioni Sky's like, I can't leave here. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, I'm not stranded. Yeah, he likes, she likes him, but she's not going to get into his space car. weird space, yeah, space car. He's like, want to go for a ride. <laughs> but they uh don't kiss they yeah. hug I can't go with you I can't I can hug you that's ridiculous I would definitely go with the alien really she's yeah. orphaned listen if you had an opportunity to fly off in a space car what would you do uh yeah, like just at the end of Repo Man, she's like, "What about our relationship? Fuck that! Fuck I'm that. taking off in this space car." Yeah, do you think that's probably the ending? They're they're flying around Los Angeles. Okay, so they're about to get away, but there's a problem, and the problem is Helen. She is the assassin, and in my opinion, she has been successful. She has killed the mom and the dad, and she's going for the prince right now. She didn't. She didn't kill. Joe, he just she just blew him up, blew up the ground beneath him. No, that's right. She just blew up the ground. She missed, I guess. I don't know. Now, who in the world will stop Helen? Who? Because she's got the arm gun. Right. Is Joe doing a good job of acting here? I'm hurt. I'm hurt. He's a great actor. What's wrong with you? In this film, he's like, ah, oh, my arm! <laughs> I got to get my gun! Joe, we need you to act in this movie. Well, I got other things on my plate. Can I half-act it? So I'm teasing about him right now. He was doing a good job earlier, trying to lead the cops, trying to, you know be tough when everyone was against him he had to talk tough to helen he had to deal with Vern, who called him the n-word he was doing good acting early Vern, Vern's a fucking mess yeah and he's dead yeah Vern's yeah dead. they're all dropping they're all dropping what, um did didn't joe morton have a sling in terminator 2 also wasn't he yeah, oh, right, because yeah. Arnold shows up to his house, and he's like, can I help you? Look, Marine, Marine. Marine shot Helen in the back, and now we see that she's the creepy, creepy creature with three toes. Oh, yeah, you kept talking about the three toes. 
and those toes had toenails. That pissed me off. Well, because that's alien. That's not alien enough for you. No, it's not. It looks like a lizard. <laughs> Quick, take the shoes off. See if they're human. So here is Helen, and like her her outer shell is of uh, I'm a human is going to disappear now, and it's going to freak Joe out. Yeah. Jesus, Joe got shot in the arm, right? Yeah, it's just a flesh wound. Oh, yeah, obviously. Otherwise, he would get a hospital uh, ambulance would show up and he'd go to the hospital. Now, look, her, like, it, that's her real appearance. See how she has fangs? Yeah. What's that green stuff coming out of her? I guess that's blood. Now, look, she just disappears. Yeah, like a video game character. At least some coins are left over. Respawn. Joe's like, give me that gun, Maureen. You go around shooting people, even though you saved us. Yeah, even though they disappear. So Prince seems to be the only one left alive. So I say the assassin did her job. And yeah, yeah you can be proud. I mean, he's going back home alone. Without Flea? Well, that's the surprise in the ending. Flea isn't dead. And uh, Flea uh, will call Maureen grandma, uh, like with English. And he, she loves that. She loves that. He called me grandma. So is this movie, is there like another assassin or another Vern or are we done? We're pretty much done. It's time to leave. We'll get the surprise ending that Flea's not dead. And, Whoa. Yeah. Once again, it's goodbye. He realizes that she's not coming with him, even though I guess he has fallen in love with her. Um, yeah. Jeez. This guy makes powder look like a hunk. <laughs> powder, that's perfect. That is powder. Yeah. What's with the turtleneck? Can we bring that up, or we're not going to bring up the turtleneck? See, that's what I mean. It's like they're in human clothes. I don't know. Well, he worked at the Gap in uh, Beetlejuice 4. <laughs> look how pale he is. Look how powder he is Paler now. He is. Yeah. Here in my car, I've got nothing to lose. I can lock all my doors. Oh, look! <laughs> it's it, Flea! It's Flea! You can never right get rid then. of Flea. Let me play this now. <laughs> he's like a he's like a chimp. He calls a grandma. Not yet. Just before they leave, see the happy smiles. They're human. Yeah. They're human. No, Look, here he goes. Smile. Here he goes. Say it. Say it. Hear that? He's like yeah. She's touched. She's touched. Don't, don't take the bait. Don't, don't take the bait, Grandma. Don't send the facts. He's fucking with you. Your Japanese boss is gonna show up. Needle. Needle. What's the matter, Grandma? Chicken. Whoa! Wow! That does it. I'm gonna send the facts. Oh, Fair boss, call. it was a joke. Mary calls it a joke. Facts. It was a joke. Facts. That's it. They're gone. Seriously.
be so happy with grandma. Yeah. Carl, you recognize that noise in the background, the crickets chirping? Yeah, I hear that at every open mic. <laughs> How on earth do you explain something like this? Uh, I don't know, make a movie? Yeah, that's it. So they're like, how are we going to explain this to other people? Listen, you're probably wondering where Vern is, where so-and-so is, Vern's son. And Vern is laying people. in the grass. I don't know his son, but everyone. Well, his son died in the beginning. Yeah, but he drove him off in the pickup. But Vern himself is laying in the mud right now. Gross. Yeah. So how do you explain it to his no, wait, This is one of the producers pretending to be an interview. This was tacked on. This wasn't in the script. They did this during the filming. They said, I got an idea for the end credits. What's going on? So they're being interviewed for a possible movie about their experience. No, oh, because he's the producer. He's pretending to be a reporter. Now, what's funny is they're dollying back, but all of a sudden yeah. they go bonk and they hit the other end of the porch and stop That's dollying. Right. So it wasn't really a Hollywood stage. <laughs> they could have, yeah, they probably didn't have one of those cherry picker film things. Yeah, right. Kept backing picker. up, you know. Well, he obviously spent time to make this shot happen, so he knew the limitations of the porch. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like they're dollying out, dollying out, dollying out, and then his butt hits the railing. Right, gets a splinter. Yeah. Well, Carl, that's the uh, stranded from 1987, a film you uh, had suggested, and I'm yeah. glad you did. What'd you think of the film? Usually, I think uh, these films aren't good, but they're good for your show. This film was okay. You know, this film was good, yeah. and uh, I admire how the director pulled it together and made it happen. And, I have to say this was a real film. Like it yeah. really had a. It seemed like even though it, it may seem threadbare, it did it did have a uh, art to it. It had people in peril and uh, people responding. And it's New Line Cinema. This is a A film. And like I said, they were going to make another film from the writer, and they were talking all about it with the producers, and they're going to do it with New Line. And then it tanked at the box office. And they never, they never got to make it. So poor Alan only had uh, this film ever. Yeah, Alan Castle. Bad. Yeah, Alan Castle and Tex Fuller. Well, we like those guys. You did it. You did it right. This movie Absolutely. was entertaining. Wow. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been uh, Tex Fuller's Stranded, <laughs> aka <laughs> what was it? What was the, they were going to call it? But someone beat up to it. Uh, Shockwave. Shockwave. I think the other film was Shockwave's plural, uh, and it was a kind of cult film. But nonetheless, that's what the producers felt that it was. Yeah. You know. Well, then, then they were going to call it Jumping Jack Flash, but someone beat him to it. Yeah. Then they were <laughs> going to call it the Fugitive. Revenge of the Sith, but. Oh, damn it! Damn it! That's going to come out in fifteen years. Damn it! Damn it! Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the movie as we wrap up with the credits. Special thanks to Aliens. What? Real Aliens. Special thanks to Real Aliens. Yeah, really what? human aliens. So the rest of this video is just the same movie played over again. 
yeah, the, this if you're if you're watching at home and you're like, hey, the, maybe this film isn't done for some reason. It starts over, and then they cut to another scene later in the middle. It doesn't make sense. So just all right. So I'm going to stop right film. now. All right. Well, let's stop it. Well, that has been our movie, ladies and gentlemen. Next week we have a brand new movie prepared. Carl is offering me the luxury of one more day to come up with the movie. Yeah. So uh, we won't announce it today, but you can still follow us uh, on Twitter at LWAFLMOYT. You can follow our Facebook page. It's the full old school name. Let's watch a full name movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. And while you're at it online, subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel where we take the movies and our podcast and we sync them together. And a lot of great stuff. It's a, it's a really good... Uh, be one of the hundreds who subscribe to our page. Yes. Yes. Be one hundreds, of hundreds. Hundreds of people. I think it's four now. I don't know. But uh, we didn't do anything to earn that. It's just out there and people are... Bots everywhere are like signing up for it. Speaking of bots, where can people find you? Uh, anything of note? Uh, CarlSucks.com and I'm pretty much hosting every weekend at Scotty's Friday and Saturday. And that's uh, in uh, Uniondale, New Jersey? It's in Springfield. As you know, there's a Springfield in every state. Oh, by the way, last night, uh, fr- Saturday night, that was yesterday from our recording, um, there was a woman, they were the Simpsons. There, there was a couple there named the Simpsons and they were from Springfield. Weird. Yeah. What are the odds? Probably decent odds. They're both common names. Yeah. Uh, a lot yeah. of Springfields, a lot of Simpsons. I've never met a Simpson before. Okay. Have you? I met him last night. Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm embarrassed. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you, audience. Carl, thank you so much uh, for you. watching this movie several times. and Great research and great information. And uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new movie. Subscribe to us at LWAFLMOYT. Listen to us streaming live. And if you're listening to us now, it's usually uh, Pam Benjamin does a, a live show on Sundays at 4. So fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a live show coming up. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you next week. Take care. See you, Mike. See you, Carl. Let's watch a full-length movie. On YouTube with Mike Hi, this is Carl. Uh, I, I'm Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn ons are satin sheets and waves. Champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint out. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, good Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with more. W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Okay, all right, pass. Okay, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one. Oh, God, okay. You don't know what OCD is.
All right, let's do the first one. Right? L W A F L M O Y T. Do it again. L W A F L M O Y T. L W A L F M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. Six o'clock on a Monday. It's usually time for joke workshop and today will be some semblance of joke workshop your host pam benjamin i'm joined by pancake and jonathan's hanging out we're gonna have some calls we have some scheduled calls coming in we have shane kenny and aaron lewis also elizabeth stanton from british columbia and ken perez all scheduled to call in we're gonna talk for 15 minutes tell jokes take notes see what they want to if they're working on stuff or not, whatever. And, uh, yeah, that's the plan. The phone number is 415-550-0511. Uh, you can give us a call after 705. We're going to get through all of our comedians. If you hear beep, beep in the background, that's because somebody is calling. We, we don't have call waiting on our landline here at MutinyRadio.fm. But we do have a landline. So in the coming apocalypse... That's something to note, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you can call always in. call us. Uh, phone tree. Five five zero zero five one one. What fun tree? What's a fun tree? A phone tree. Oh, a phone tree. Yeah, so we can relay information to people, um, and we usually, if there's an emergency, we have to like call outside of the state because all the circuits in in here will be busy. Mm. So call out state and. Have someone that we can re- rely uh, rely on to pick up a phone and then relay information and then have that person be uh, ready to receive other phone calls and give information to people who are calling them. Because the internet's going to go down? Everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. Phones are different, though. And All if right, the electricity well. goes out, we still have phones. All right. 415-550-0511. That's happening. Uh, th- uh, throughout the entire background here today, I'm just going to be, uh, there it is. Just Bob Marley playing on a forever loop. Don't worry about a thing. Three little birds. But be prepared. Yeah, I mean, be prepared. But don't worry. Be prepared. I mean, this is this is uh, this has been an, a really great time for me. I mean, uh, you know, I've been I've been dealing with some issues of anorexia, and what a time to be anorexic, you know, during the apocalypse when. <laughs> You don't have access to food anyway. Ha <laughs> ha! Look at that. <laughs> I win. I'll just keep getting thinner. I'm like, God, I look great in the apocalypse. I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm. I had two hard-boiled eggs today. I'm doing good, and a couple pieces of delicious seas candy. Shout out to J.W. Blunt, who um, brought me some candy. Little uh, love seas candy. So good. Also, he has a show here on Fridays, four to six. Uh, J.W. Megawig. Works for Seas Candy, good guy. Seas Candy is uh, expanding, or they were. Well, it's a San Francisco-based company from back in the turn of the century. Yeah. Great stuff. I love candy. What about ice cream? It's it. Yeah, it's it's are good. I mean, I'm I'm down. I I think years ago that I was more my game were were the it's it's, um, but I might have itsed it myself out of the game. Like I might have eaten too many it's it's. Oh. Because I was like, that was one of my main f- food sources for a while, was It's It's. Oh, 
not moon pie. No, 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 no. I mean, I like, I really enjoy um, uh, marshmallow, though. Well, Jonathan, you have to put headphones on for when people call if you want to. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. But uh, it's a, uh, I'm from Southern California, so they were kind of a thing, I guess. People knew about them, and people were like, oh, yeah, my cousin's smoking. Have you ever heard of It's It's? I'm like, sounds weird because there's two It's in it. <laughs> But um, then coming up here, it was just, yeah, like Pam said, I maybe overate them because it was I might so have overeaten them, yeah. Overeating them, yeah. It was just so good. It, it could be a breakfast. It could be the a lunch. The cappuccino, <laughs> though, is, is probably, I say, their best flavor. No, but I can't, you know, I can't taste them anymore, so that's another reason why. Ice cream just doesn't do it for me anymore as ah. much. Oh, there we go. That's got to be go. Shane. Thank God. we were. Uh, hey, Shane. What's going on, Pam? All right, right on time. Thanks for calling into the joke workshop here. Radio.fm. Thanks for doing this. So do you um, – Oops, sorry. That was that was a little bit squeaky. Um, do you have any new material you've been working on? So much new material. So glad you're doing this. Um, so you got to get your face really close to the phone, other to I the speaker. There you go. I have it, like, next to my mouth. I'm like, I don't think my face is close. Yeah. Better? No, not, but keep trying. Can you hear me? I mean, kind of, but it's just not that loud. Try again. Here, I took there it off. There you computer. go. Now we're cooking cool. with grease. All right. Cool. Let me know when to Yeah, start, start it up. Cool. Awesome doing this. Now I can actually imagine my audience in their underwear and know they're actually in their underwear. <laughs> so, um, yeah, gnarly what's been going on. Lighter note, I learned that animals get intoxicated. It's not from the same things that intoxicate us. Like, dolphins can get high by huffing puffin fish, and, like, bears can get drunk from drinking too much honey. Which means, you know, bears have had this conversation. Like, Yogi, what, what happened to Smokey? Oh, uh, he drank 20 honeycombs last night. Smokey got so drunk, he started a fire. Oof. At least I can, like, pretend my everyone's laughing hysterically. This is... Uh, so my older brothers beat the crap out of me growing up, and one time my big brothers beat me up so bad, I don't remember what I did to piss them off. They beat a memory out of me. I've been in mosh pits, car accidents, street fights. All that I remember with clarity. I don't know how hard or repeatedly you have to hit a person to remove a memory, but... My brothers are pioneers in punching and kicking and wherever the else they slammed my skull. So, what else? I learned recently that the scientific term for male stupidity is testosterone poisoning. Testosterone poisoning. Like, I was relieved to hear that because all this time I thought I was an idiot. It turns out I've been dealing with a severe case of poisoning my whole life, which was not understood until now, so at least I'm getting to the bottom of, you know, all these blackout drunkenness and all these shenanigans I keep finding myself in the middle of. So, uh, I wish I were bisexual. I really do. It looks like a lot of fun. Like, to put this in video game terms, being straight feels like I'm playing Team Deathmatch. At best, I can hit half the map. 
if I'm lucky. But being bisexual is like playing free for all. The map is wide open. If you got enough skill and everyone's consenting, you could walk into a bar and be like, I'm going to fuck everyone here. I'm feeling it. Let's do this. So speaking of fucking, uh, Chick-fil-A. So Chick-fil-A apparently donated $2 million anti-LGBT um, group. Which is hilarious because Chick-fil-A's entire business platform is built on people putting cocks in their mouth and swallowing. <laughs> like, you'd think they'd be more supportive of the gay community considering <laughs> their, what the company is founded upon. Just let me know when I'm out of time. Okay. Uh, how about two more jokes? Cool. So, during this crisis, we've all come to think about our intelligence, what we're dependent on. Do you ever think about how far society would get if you were the smartest person around? Like, you're the Elon Musk of Earth. How do we have, like, flying cars or what? Like, I'm constantly thankful there's geniuses who are making cool stuff for us to enjoy because if I were the smartest person in the tribe, we would all know where the G-spot is, but once we discover psychedelics and the G-spot, we are no longer progressing. We're all going to feel great and have some cool stories but nothing to write them down with or make them into shows. So, uh, last joke, uh, I think this pandemic is going to create a new subspecies of bros and jocks that are super hygiene conscientious. Because this pandemic shut down sports and the gym. This is like Armageddon for testosterone. Like the same guys that buy Bud Light and protein powder are after this are going to have hand sanitizer on their feet. Because you know some dude after this is going to be like, Chad, we can't risk losing sports to the gym again. I was just punching the wall and jerking off all day. And Brad's going to be like, dude, I was just reading a book. I'd <laughs> so thank you for the time. I I'm taking all the silent laughter and with joy. I wrote down some I wrote down I wrote down some comments for you, uh, Shane. So let's uh, so first, uh, bears can get drunk off honey. I like where you're going with it, but I, I want like a scientific reason why. Like you just kind All of right. mentioned in passing that animals are getting drunk off something else, but then you didn't but it wasn't alcohol and you didn't say why. Just like one line of a reason scientifically why or whatever. Right. Um, the brothers beating the shit out of each other. And then into testosterone poisoning, I feel like that needs to be one joke. Like, okay. um, there's testosterone poisoning within your family because of genetics or something. I would take, I would take those jokes and look for the look for rather than it being two separate things, try to meld it together as one. Yeah, uh, and then at the end, I would also call that back because you talk about how they were you were they're closing the workout gyms and oh my god, what are you gonna do? There's gonna be testosterone poisoning there's going to be the opposite of you know something about like what are my brothers going to what are people going to do they're going to have to go home and beat up their family or something you know what i mean like yeah bring it back to the brother thing thank you yeah so i would take i would take all that beating and then also i mind if you're going to talk about beating each other up you sort of have like a beat off joke right there you're kind of like setting yourself Mm -hmm. up for a dick joke Um, oh yeah i mean you said beating a lot and um so the I wish I was by thing for me, 
it didn't pan out only because I didn't I don't play video games, so I didn't know your yeah. references. Like Deathmatch and um, whatever the other thing was, Free Fall or something. But the funny part in that was if you have the line, this is a great line, if you have enough skill and consent, that line is gold. If you have enough skill and consent, you can do anything you want. So that, out of the whole thing you did, that was where I, I thought the funny really was on the line. If you have enough skill and consent, boom. Um, the Chick-fil-A is hilarious. I would just say Chick-fil-A's entire business is, or uh, even less words, but swallowing cock is, you don't, okay. have, you don't I mean, have to do, yeah. you could just cut the chaff, right? So you're like, Chick-fil-A's business plan is based off swallowing cocks, you know, something like that, just quick. But yeah. the, I, you had the perfect idea there. Um, that's it. That's Those are the notes I took. What do you think? Thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've been so you've been writing you've been writing a lot this week. I've been writing not just stand up. I'm doing a quarantine day journal. I'm working on my fiction book and then recording music. So I've been pumping out work. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking advantage. What's There's your What's your fiction book about? Um, having studied climate change and read a lot of cool stuff on like human psychology and being a history nerd, I wanted to just in my own for my own curiosity, see what's the United States going to look like 200 years after we don't solve climate change. After, so, wh- after what about climate change? Like, so essentially the premise of the book is we didn't address climate change fast oh, enough. Oh, okay. So farmland became unusable. Cities were – a couple cities sank, and it's really 200 years in the future seeing, like, what's the U.S. look like? What cities are still around? Who's surviving? What diseases became airborne because of? Who's your main character? Um, my main character is a scavenger from like a community of farmers. Who's his job is just like, hey, can you go find some supplies we need in the ruins of a city, get some food, don't die, and he's going out on a run when these rich people who abandoned Earth because it got too scary because the poor were killing them. Their descendants have been living in space the whole time, wow. and their space station starts to break down. So the story picks up when these descendants of rich people who have no idea the Earth is complete shit now are relying on these farming communities to keep them safe from other groups of farmers and Native Americans who all want them dead. Oh, so the rich people have to get out of space because they, space is no longer habitable. Yeah, but essentially the poor got so mad at the rich, they some of them just started boondock saint style murdering the rich. Sure, makes and sense. And Jeff Bezos is building a, planning on building a space station, so I thought, worst comes to worst, he's got a backup plan. Well, but that's the thing is, if they're in the space station, they still are relying on Earth unless they have replicators for food. So like, you, oh, you yeah, get yeah, into the place of like, are you in reality? I mean, oh, obviously no, you're not in reality I'm because you're in dystopian t- future, two hundred years and stuff but because if, if you if you were a rich person at a space station you're still reliant upon the earth to be able to get supplies unless there's a new it's a way to sustaining space station like there's i like there's ways of growing plants and, oh, okay you so know, they're self-sufficient and they're in space then why do they have yeah. to deal with the people on earth at all because after 200 years any just the way our engineers are 
how things are engineered today, they don't tend to survive beyond oh. 200 years without replacements or repairs. So the entropy and of the space station, like you basically, you're, you're 200 years of entropy. It's time. You need to get back. They, the rich people have to get back to Earth. They have to get some connection with Earth because they need to like replace some shit or. Yeah. So but you're going to. But now they're in the aftermath of what their ancestors left behind. Right. So are you going to somehow get the scavenger guy into space? No. He's the essentially the premise is all the people who are living in space now are eventually going to have to come back to Earth. But Earth is in this deep tribal faction system where it's the two groups that survived were indigenous people and farmers and the refugees from cities and suburbs who were taken in by those two groups. So that's so. Then your your trouble is how do they get from space back down? Where do they land? Like, is yeah, there any technology left for the? Like, there's solar panels and some batteries, but it's like very limited. There's no more like fossil fuels. So, it's also I wrote it kind of as a fuck you because I kept seeing all these horribly scientifically inaccurate dystopian things, and I was like, reality's scary enough. Just let me paint that picture for you. Sure, with the, you know, the and after the water wars really of 2121. I'm trying to be as scientifically and historically accurate 99% of the time in this. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm but then again, scientific and historically accurate from what we know now in the past. I mean, you get to have fun with that whole 200 years in the, yeah, and that's in the why interim to make a buffer of technology trends, fluctuations. I get to enough room to like play around with and be creative, but enough walls to act to force me to think in and outside of the box and where's the love story um the love story is the scavenger dude he has to take along a plant and water expert who's like a young 20 something from his community so he doesn't like starve to death or can still have water and this dude meets one of the people from space who's a female and kind of as they're both terrified and they're not used to this him and her uh have a little romance, but also the scavenger, one of his girlfriends was kidnapped a decade before, and he's hooked up with all these indigenous women who he's met in his travels. So, so he's he a player. Kind of, he's he's slinging the pipe all oh, over. Oh yeah, there's a there's a threesome scene between his old girlfriend and his indigenous one, and <laughs> uh, there I, you go. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Shane, for telling us not only your new jokes, but also uh, talking through your your cool novel, your dystopian yeah. future. That uh, it's a great premise, and especially with your background uh, with the yeah, green technology it's fun stuff. Yeah, because cool I get stuff. to incorporate everything: science, jokes, history. It's kind of a it's Threesomes. fun to go beyond just the bit or the song and really explore stories and ideas in multi dimensions at once. Plot twist, there's a threesome. I knew there was going to be a threesome. I was like... It was like, I was writing it, I'm like, I have to, because, you know, sex sells, and also... Right. Why not have a dystopian threesome? Gotta <laughs> slay the hog, baby. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, Shane Kenny. I know you've been a, a grand supporter here of Mutiny Radio in the past Pam, I salute week, you. And I really you appreciate inspire that. me, and I hope we'll make sure people tell stories of the brave DJs at Mutiny Radio. The brave DJs! Right on. Well, that that is, that call right there behind you is Lizzie Stanton. Thanks so much. Thanks, Shane Kenny. And is that Lizzie Stanton? It is it indeed. Is perfect timing. We listening. just had Shane Kenny. We heard the beep beep. You were exactly on time. 
Oh. Yeah, I uh, I was listening. Actually, I thought it was pretty funny. He's talking about his idea of a dystopian novel, and I'm like, um, I don't know if you've heard of this show, but it's called The 100, and it's actually filmed in Coquitlam uh, in BC, and it's it's a similar plot where they went up on a space station, and it's been like a couple hundred years, and now they have to go back to Earth, and they send like a hundred like teenagers down there in order to like try and inhabit it because it's like yeah. a nuclear active disaster. Well, teenagers, too, they're the ones to send, those hooligans. They'll just, like, break everything and be like, fuck it! You know, that's so... That's well, they, like, they come across a bunch of, like, native people down there and everything, and then, yeah, it's, it's like... But it's, it's just a similar concept, though. I'm like, this, there's so, so only so much parallel thinking, right? <laughs> right, yeah, that, that's, that's true, too. I, that's happened a lot to me in, um, in comedy, where... So there was this one time I was here running the board, and there was a girl from Australia... And she gets up on stage and she starts a joke and it was about the Little Mermaid and the things in her cave are dildos. And I was like, I have the exact, it was almost the exact joke. It was like, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? How many (laughs) dildos does, uh, you know, I got thingamabobs. I got 20, but who cares? Anyway, so it was the same exact idea. And she was from fucking Australia. And I was like, wow. Okay, well... Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, honestly. I no, mean, yeah, there's, only so many, there's only so many thoughts you can have, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like I do like a ton of like Jewish jokes. I'm like, how many people are going to think up like the same Holocaust puns as a billion? <laughs> <laughs> that might be your own market. <laughs> how, many, how many Holocaust puns does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Um, <laughs> so do you want to do some material? Do you want to talk? What do you want to do? Um, yeah, I'd love to run through a little bit of material. Cool. Um, do your thing. I'll take notes and, um, you know, when do like maybe, you know, five minutes of material and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll have conversation. Yeah, sure thing. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I don't know. People often give credit to China enough. Like they've actually come up with a lot of things. Like for example, they were the first ones to be dying of the coronavirus. And they were also the first ones to make noodles. So they invented pasta. But in both cases, the Italians perfected it. Oh, fuck! That is gold! Jesus Christ! Lizzie Stanton! Holy fucking shit! Thank you. Oh, my God! Um, That is the best, most topical corona joke. Holy fuck! Thank you. Wow. Wow. Um, so... I would personally like to apologize for this pandemic that's going on because I got banned from the United States, and I'm Jewish. So I'm pretty sure that I'm exactly like Moses because they fucked over another Jew, and now a plague has hit. (laughs) There's been massive outbreaks of coronavirus over in Kirkland, Washington. They're the originators of Costco. People there have just been catching it in bulk okay though as soon as there's a cure they'll be selling it wholesale now say what you will but i think that there is a cure for coronavirus i agree with what mike pence said thoughts and prayers but whose prayers are we answering i mean today i was in a costco parking lot and i couldn't find a space there were too many people and a guy cut me off and i think to myself the same as everyone does when that happens i think god why are there so many of these assholes I wish there was just a massive plague that would wipe them all out. Thoughts and prayers. 
doable. I mean, like, I always like to think on the positive side. I try to think positive. So, like, whenever there's a massive disaster, like 9-11 or a mass shooting or people dying in a pandemic, I, I try and think positively. Like, did you know that the biggest fear that people actually have is dying alone? So if you can say anything for these disasters, at least nobody died alone. Now, I've actually heard that the British have been well prepared for the coronavirus outbreak. In fact, they even hired Julie Andrews to do a public service announcement. She's been heard singing on the BBC about what to do if you think you've contracted it. Oh, a spoonful of sugar makes the cyanide go down. The cyanide go down, the cyanide go down. I'm sorry, that might be a little bit dark, but I, I like my jokes the same as I like my dicks. Dark, dirty, and uncut. I think it was interesting you were talking about The Little Mermaid. Uh, that they recently, they recently re-released The Little Mermaid in live action. They actually hired a black girl to play the part of Ariel. And I personally am super offended. But not because I'm racist, but I'm sure that Disney is. Why were they so keen to throw another black person to the bottom of the ocean? I'm just saying, it's the 1800s, and that was your first thought, Disney? And besides, they're taking away that role from a much worse-off minority group. The Gingers. They're pigmentally challenged. I mean, if anyone should be under the ocean, it should be Gingers. They can't survive the sun's rays. I mean, with the ozone layer being depleted, pretty soon black people is all that's going to be left. I mean, pretty soon they're going to be having to put on white face in all the movies so that they can fill in the roles of the squares and bad dancers. I I, I feel bad for gingers. I, I've tried, tried my best to, to do a charitable deed. I, I, I went for an entire string of potato patties. I dated... An entire line of Irishmen, and it seems it doesn't matter how big the Irish guy. They've all got to be leprechaun hiding in their pants. Oh, shit. That's punching down, baby. And since some of them are circumcised, it's kind of like leprechaun, too. Leprechaun in the hood. <laughs> yeah, but you know what my buddy? He finger-banged an Irish girl. Now he's got a green thumb. I was terrified every time that I got my boyfriend. He was from Tipperary, and I was terrified every time that I got with him that I'd get pregnant. Because there's nothing worse than the idea of having unwanted tater tots. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big problem for me because, like, I don't, I don't use condoms. But I don't use condoms because I am an environmentalist. Condoms are made of latex, and they're not biodegradable. The babies I throw out are. <laughs> That's horrible, God. I would never throw out a baby. That's a waste of perfectly good protein. Now, look, I'm Jewish and we're all economists, right? And I know that Tom Cruise will pay a, penny, pretty flit, a pretty penny in order to eat some baby placenta. So imagine how much he'd pay for the whole baby. Just saying, I got a market here. Lizzie's baby back ribs. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I can say this much. If I had a baby, it would be from an Irishman anyway, and so it wouldn't really matter because they're, they're all so stupid that it would be brain dead. In fact, it would be like a vegetable. 
So I could actually even make it a vegan meal. Yeah, I, I feel bad if this offends anyone, but, like, I mean, the point of comedy is to make the bitter things in life more palatable, right? I'd like to think of myself as, like, the pineapple juice of the world's cup. Okay, that, that's, that's about it. <laughs> Yay! Ending on a dick joke. Lizzie Stanton, hell yeah. Hey, that China Italy jo joke at the top with the noodles is fucking fire. Thank um, you. With the plagues, there were actually, you, you're a Jew, you know there was more than one plague. I feel like you can go through a few of those plagues, possibly. And even, like, at Costco, you can set one of the plagues. Like, it's raining frogs at Costco. Um, that Pence Thoughts and Prayers thing was great, and then it all came back around and circled all the way around. It was great. I loved all that Costco material, especially since it's supposed to be social distancing and everyone's, like, super close to each other. Um you start talking about dying alone, and I was like, well, right now we all kind of are dying alone because of social distancing. We're more alone than ever, and maybe you can die on a Zoom group chat or something. Like, Actually, I was going to say that this, for me, has been the most social time in my entire life except with no physical attention, which means that it's exactly the same as my entire life has been. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of people to talk to, no one to talk to me. Exa exactly. I, I, I feel you, girl. Uh... I don't feel you. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> um, so uh, I felt like with the black, the black people and the water and the swimming, um, there's a couple things, a couple directions you can go. A, uh, there's a stereotype that black people can't swim, so mm -hmm. that's a good one to play off of because you already have a black mermaid and it's usually there's a, like a trope that black people aren't good at swimming. Also oh, no, I know, I know. I got oh. that. Also, it was it was a play on to whole, like, you know, like, what was the name of that movie where, like, they threw all the black people in the bottom of the ocean? I don't, I don't um, know. I think they did that during Slay uh, Slavery on the Way Over. Amistad I don't know how something. they did that. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they drowned a whole bunch of black people back in the 1800s, which is the same time as The Little Mermaid is set. I so see where you're going. They tied, they tied weights and they threw black people who were sick or whatever, the slaves, off the ships. Dear Lord. That's, that's, wow. Well, okay, I didn't get your... The maybe like one more line about history to leave Yeah, I'm a history major, so I know that a lot of my jokes are a little bit highbrow, and people are just like, she's racist. Right, no, but I, I just didn't get, like, I, my brain started to go like, well, if you're going with, I was like, oh, black people aren't good at swimming, or but also that um, their hair, they get mad. They get mad about their if hair. If their hair gets wet. Girls, yeah. yeah um, but that was all just me being kind of hack. Uh, oh, so if the black people are going in white face, there might be a thing about zinc oxide there. You know how when you put the white stuff on your nose because it keeps the sun away from the 80s, mm -hmm. zinc oxide? Just that black people would be in white face because of the sunscreen. That's p potential. Oh, um, and you said tater tots, and, that's, and that worked. Um, and, you know, they just – when you have leftover tater tots, they're cold and not crispy, and that's gross. <laughs> but that was really good. And I would even – with that abortion stuff – I think there's two direct – you went with the eating the children, but you can also go with um, stem cells, like uh, harvesting them for other strange things other than just the food that they could possibly sustain us with. But that there's I mean, I've got so many abortion jokes, it's actually somewhat terrifying. But <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't do well in front of very um, uh, right-wing crowds. <laughs> right. Hey, I have a bunch of abortions. Hey, abortion's important for us to talk about, especially when our civil rights and – well, at least for us in the United States, our constitutional rights are starting to be revoked. And um, I mean, what happens with the – I mean, 
geez, what happens under martial law if you have to get an abortion? <laughs> Where they go, no more abortions. And then you're like, now I have to have a baby? Like, what the fuck, man? I, mean, I, I, I actually think this is, is, I think it's interesting because I'm banned from the United States and half your population's fucking dying off. Same over here. I'm just saying, if I manage to survive this thing out, they should welcome me back with open arms. Absolutely. What are you, fertile? <laughs> Come on over, Lizzie Stan. Are you exactly university yeah. educated Jewish woman? I mean, if anything else, I mean, I should be controlling the country. I'm supposed to own your media, aren't right? I? You're supposed to control the weather. I think that's one of the new things. She's a witch, she can control the weather. That was a thing today. I was really excited because I found one of my old notebooks from like five years ago. And I was like, oh, shit, there's a bunch of jokes that I don't, I didn't even remember that I used to do. And so now I'm really excited because I have a bunch of old jokes that I can redo and make new again. I'm just like, this, this time, this time in the house has only proved like a creative boon. I feel like. I lucky. feel like this is the most oddly, I don't, it's horrible. Don't get me wrong, this thing is horrible, but. Like I said, I always try and think on the positive side, and so while it's all twisted and dark and everything, yes, that's how I work, I can't help but think I have been talking more to you guys and Americans, and I'm banned from America right now, so ironically, career-wise, this probably is actually very beneficial to me in a horrible <laughs> way. All of your American contacts. Exactly. Yeah. I literally was talking for six hours, I kid you not, six hours last night to people in America on frickin' Zoom and Facebook Messenger and yeah. Skype. And I'm like, I'm probably going to have more American contacts after this. And I'm like, I can do nothing with any of them. <laughs> well, that's, you know, the other thing is we don't even know what, what the new normal will be after this. I mean, who knows if they're going to not let us travel between countries ever again or if how one gets to do that if one chooses or does, I mean, do I ever get to go to Greece? Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples 
paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Let's Spiegelman. We're hosts of <laughs> YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym LWAFLMOYT. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah, L W A F L M O Y T. Yeah, L W A F L M O Y T. That's every Sunday, two p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, five percent, five percent. Right. I'm time. so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show. Five p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh, uh, da, 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 da. let's watch full length. Oh, wait, let's do a full minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See, ya. See you next month. I was just leaving the theater. Cadillac convertible, 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in it on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass, smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday, number two. On the freeway. Good feeling. I'll tell you. Can I see? Hello, Blake. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion and love with passion and our passion who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform who constantly challenge the norm who greet each and every day as if just born i say to you i know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact i know it best when i say to you i love you Hello there, my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> yeah, it's Bug Out Square. It's Tuesday, 6 o'clock. And, yeah, not really. Uh, I'm doing this one from home. I, uh, I, I got all the bells and whistles out, man, so uh, it's going to be good. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, Bug Out Square, I got a. Man, I'm driving the. Tell me what driving that thing. Uh, I don't know what I got. I'm, you know, has he got I'm just wallowing. I'm wallowing. Club in his <laughs> Excellent hand. music. So, uh, uh, join me. Rainy night down in the engine house. Sleeping just as still as a mouse. Man, come along and chased us out in the rain. Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days, we'd pass the time away. Sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river, some strange man. Was that a vigilante man? Does a vigilante man? Why does a vigilante man carry that sawed-off shotgun in his hand? Would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land.
shattered on dawn's highway bleeding. Ghosts crown the young child's fragile eggshell mind. Blood in the streets in the town of New Haven. Blood stains the roofs and the palm trees of Venice. Blood in my love in the terrible summer. Bloody red sun of fantastic L.A.
Crossing bridges. Uh...